Today's podcast is sponsored Budweiser. <laughs> I got cheated. <laughs> On my end, it's sponsored by Strawberry Daiquiri. De Serono. On my end, I'm bringing coming to you guys um, with the Corona premiere. Um, yeah, I, I have the courage to drink this. I'm that sort of dude, so respect it. Corona. We are uh, drinking Corona. Cool. Amen. So this is another is finished for Crown, right? This is another episode of the Racial Draft Podcast. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Michael Ford, and I'm joined by a gaggle of guests. Um, co-host Mark Eden. Everybody, what's up? up? Hey, say it again. I'm you live from my closet. <laughs> and uh, we have two special guests this week. One of them is a uh, Frankia. Frankia, give. Give the people all the information that they need to know about you. I'm half white, half black, and Jewish. That's all you need to know. Oh, yeah, and I was in the Marine Corps. And I'm a woman. And, yeah, I think that's about, I think that's about it. Oh, well, okay, you kept it. You kept it very, very short. All right. Mm-hmm. And our other special guest is uh, Joaquin. Joaquin, tell the people everything they need to know. Hey, what's up? Uh, my name is Joaquin McCurdy. I'm a half black, half Native American, uh, Miscalero and Chiricahua Apache. I too was in the Marine Corps and Kia is my Marine sister. And, uh, hoorah. And uh, I'm a comic book geek and uh, that's what got us all here right now. So let's talk some comics, man. Definitely. Um, you know, just for the listeners, we're currently finalizing our league, so to speak, as, con- as concerns the racial draft. Right now we have eight teams, and uh, our eight teams, we're going to be deciding this week what the draft order is going to be for the league once we start drafting. We may, start, we may draft next week, we may draft the week after that, but this week we're setting the draft order. Um, Kia, uh, you will be affiliated in, in one way. You're not going to be the captain, unfortunately of the Aww. multiracial team, but you can potentially become co-captain. Um, okay, that's fair. And Joaquin, thank you for coming aboard to be the captain of the Native American team. Um, but uh, yeah, like, you know, for the people who are- uh, Yeah, no problem. For the people who are just listening for the first time, uh, the Racial Draft Podcast is a way that we're kind of reimagining comic characters, superheroes, and superheroes more specifically, um, through the lens of kind of race bending them and using the draft structure to kind of delineate who gets to on certain characters. Um, You know, I'm going to be the commissioner of, or the host of the podcast, and I'm going to try to keep the festivities flowing, keep it light, keep it fun. Um, looking forward to actually, you know, now that we just, I'm a football fan and we just went to the NFL draft and that was fun. So I, I may have to try to find human interest stories uh, to keep everybody, keep everybody interested in, in what the various draft picks are. Looks like uh, Joaquin may be hopping in and hopping out because the uh, connection is a little bit Uncertain. Yeah, that, no, that, that's that's good news. I would have expected nothing less than that. So that that's that's actually perfect. That that's the sort of technical difficulty we we thrive on here. 
But um, I don't know. We just hop right in. What's uh, Marquis? Since you're the non non draft non commissioner element, you can. I'm just just a hobo, just some hobo who in the closet on the podcast doesn't cut his hair. <laughs> Yeah, I'm completely disconnected from him. That's like guy in that Dave Chappelle movie or whatever. But you know, feel free. Wait, you, is that where I know you from? No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you probably oh, gave and- me some change a few weeks ago before quarantine. <laughs> oh, now it was three. <laughs> I'm gonna miss that Z three one five three. Oh, there he is. He's yeah, stuck. there he is. Yeah, I love uh, it. Oh. It's amazing. Just, uh, and he's unmuted. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Great television. But Marquis, feel free to throw out some questions. I mean, we, uh, Joaquin and uh, he and I had a cool conversation earlier, and I would have loved to have recorded some of that for the podcast, but we we're perfectly okay reiterating some of the points. Oh, well, I guess, I guess in general, like, um, first off, how are captains chosen? Um, well, well yeah, no, our Frank, isn't yeah. a captain. I'm pretty thank, sure. Thank about you, that. Mark. Thank you. Thank you for the sure support. <laughs> well, here's the yeah, thing. I feel you. Here's the thing about a captain captain is a responsibility. <laughs> Are you saying that? <laughs> Are you saying I can't be responsible? I'm not saying you can't be responsible. I'm just saying that you're prime as a captain, you get to. You're the final say. The buck stops with you. When I'm comes. a woman. This this sounds like my life on a daily basis. With the buck stops with you when it comes to drafting. That means that as as it comes as we come around, as we are, you know, getting to when the time frame comes to get everyone's picks in, you're the one that I reach out to to say, you know, regardless of whoever else is on your team, regardless of whoever else is is um a part of this this uh, plan like at the end of the day at the end of the day you get to make the final call so it means so that I- why am i not a captain yeah that just explains why i'm not a captain <laughs> it explains why i should be right now if, 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 I may, a, so if I may interrupt sure uh uh whenever you guys talk over each other it kind of makes my phone crash so if you guys don't mind just wait till somebody's done talking and then you may speak and then i'll throw my dumbass two cents in z3153v just destroyed the podcast (laughs) we will do uh but on that yeah so well we're just gonna Try our best to t- to not talk over one another. That sounds so respectable. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I hope so. But um, but yeah. So honestly, though, I I have no problem with you being a captain, Kia. However, there was another. Whoa, whoa, whoa. However, re- really means but, which really means <laughs> whatever I'm saying after this is going to negate what I just said before this. But we had Nathan on the podcast a couple weeks back, Marquis. I'm sure you remember. Of course. And Nathan was one of the earliest people that I talked about participating. Where is Nathan now? He's uh, in Ohio somewhere. 
Yeah, not on this podcast. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you are free to wrest control of the multiracial team from Nathan in the next week or so. And I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to Nathan. <laughs> but for now, for now, you're probably a co-captain and not the sole captain. Uh, but yeah. but look, Nathan's Nathan's pretty amenable to feminine wiles. So, you know, I... I <laughs> I'll show him my pinky finger. Have ourselves a new co-captain. Um, or a new captain, rather. But, um... But yeah, that's yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have used the captain nomenclature, but I had to had to do something to let people know that it's a responsibility, not a. <laughs> He's talking to me, guys. He's talking to me. Yeah, I know. I'm listening. <laughs> but uh, Joaquin, you're pretty quiet. You know, go off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, um, you know, for you to consider me a captain, I do consider that an honor. Um, but, you know, the the thing is, is that we're here to talk about comic books. I don't know why we're talking about captains, unless we're talking about Captain America or Captain Marvel or whoever the hell. But um, uh I am actually glad that, uh, you know, Kia did come to me and uh, asked me if I was, uh, uh, as we discussed before, um, if I was interested in comic books. And I told her, I said, since I was a kid. Um, I just want to say that's something a captain does. Think that, uh, <laughs> Frank, Kia, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, co-captain, why don't you shut the fuck up? Anyway, that's what I wanted uh, okay, to hear. Okay, Mark. Okay, Mark. I, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's I, a great thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, I mean, she bad talks me big time. But anyway, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm actually able to be here um, and to uh, be the... Uh, quote-unquote Native American captain, um, even though I'm only half. But uh, there is something I want to ask you, Mike. Wow, Mike, Mike, you there? Here. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's in Mike's shot by that check the fuck out like, <laughs> well, well, well Mike has been Mike has been pretty damn quiet, so I, I was giving you a platform, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the host. I could say I but, can... <laughs> but anyway, Mike, uh you, you started this whole thing. Uh how would you feel if I got one of my uh full-blooded Native American geeks uh, as far as comic books are concerned to kind of take over the reins. I mean, if you want it, uh, hopefully there are as many people in, I want as many people involved in the podcast as possible. So like, you know, we had, we had a conversation earlier. You mentioned that, um, you know, that you were half Native American, but that you grew up on the reservation and you grew up traditionally. Yes. And, you know, from what I understand about being Native American, it's not just about blood, you know, and 
I'm not here to police anybody's background and say, oh, well, you're not native enough, you know? Um, I think that it's great if you want to bring in other people, like, because that's, that's the thing about that I should have said a little bit more when we talked earlier. The captains are the people who are, you know, who, ha who have the say over how their, their teams run. They always have the ability to say, we think this other person could be a better spokesperson or a better representative or mm -hmm. I defer to this other person. It's just, you're the people that I form the connection with. You're the people that I have their information and can reach out to if there's an issue, you know? So, like, I hope to have as many different and diverse guests on the podcast as possible not just team captains. So at any point, you know, if you want to have one of your, you know, brethren, so to speak, on uh, either with you or without you, I'm all for it. If you want to say that, um, you know, this person is better suited to take the reins of the team, I'm all for that too. This is, I'm just now finding out about it. So it's a hypothetical for me, but it was really important to kind of, make sure that we had at least one person for all of the teams that we were putting together. Well, just as long as you're not kissing my ass, Mike. <laughs> Never that. Okay, then I respect you even more. So anyhow, I mean, since we're, since we're, we're trying to keep things on the Kiki tip, mm -hmm. like captains, like we're, let's, let's use that to transition to uh, like, so because we're getting close to drafting, I don't want anyone to have any sort of competitive disadvantage and tip their hands on who they may draft. So assume that- Black Panther, oh wait, was I not supposed to do that? Well, you're not drafting. Oh, that, that worked out. But um, yeah, so, you know, we can just kind of generally talk about characters that are, you know, that exist out there in ether and um, what they would be like if they had different backgrounds, you know, obviously you guys, well, Marquis, I know you're aware from the MCU about Sam Wilson as uh, Captain America as the quote unquote black Captain America. Um, are you also aware of Isaiah Bradley? Uh, no, no, uh, elucidate me. So there was a storyline a few years back called uh, Truth, Red, White, and Black. Where, Truth, Red, White, and Black? Um, essentially it was, a, it was inspired by the Tuskegee experiments and they were trying to design the super soldier serum and they used it on black recruits during the uh, World War II. So there were a whole bunch of failed um, test subjects as they were trying to develop the main super soldier serum, which they eventually used for Steve Rogers. So there was this character, the one black guy who survived, um, named Isaiah Bradley. And he, you know, in a lot of ways, was the quote unquote first Captain America. But they concealed his identity and they concealed all the evidence of, of what had been done, you know, because it was unethical. Wait, and I assume this is just to interrupt. This is a much later story than the original Captain America story, I assume. This was, this was from... I want to say like, I want to say like 10 years ago. Um, but what it did is it, it, it added another level to Captain America mythos. And it added this new character in Isaiah Bradley, 
so it came out in 2003, actually. But um, there's actually there actually are characters in the Marvel universe now that are descended from Isaiah Bradley, and are themselves kind of part of the Captain America mythos. Um, this that wouldn't be you know race bending per se. It was it was it's just the idea of there being black person affiliated with Captain America. There's a rumor that the uh, whenever it does happen, the Disney Plus series, that uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier, I think that's what it's called, right? No, Falcon and Winter Soldier, sorry. Um, the yeah. Captain and Winter Soldier um, will potentially talk about, that, that they'll incorporate that storyline into the storyline of the, of the show. But anyhow, I was um, just talking about the idea of Captain America as a, such a symbolic figure, but how how it's how it would be thought about differently if that character were black. Kia, what do you think? From mute. <laughs> yeah, there. I'm here. You was on mute. Definitely here. <laughs> I, I know I was on mute. There was a reason why. Okay. And she wants to be a team captain. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear you guys. Just make sure you're listening, girl. I'm definitely listening. <laughs> so what, what were your thoughts on uh, Black Captain America? Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean... Black Captain America, like it actually, the origin story sounds actually plausible in the real world. And I'm kind of excited. I actually haven't looked too into it or whatnot. So I don't know a lot about it, but when I look into it, I'm pretty excited to like check it out, read everything, see what happened and where they're going with it or where they went with it. It would actually be kind of interesting. Like if they, if Captain America existed in the present day, as opposed to like World War II, like, would they recruit a white guy? Yeah, they probably still would, right? Like, yep. <laughs> they probably still would be like, you know, because he's such a propaganda figure. I could don't know, you know what? I could see them recruiting a multiracial guy, actually. Um, like from a pure like political correctness standpoint, I could see, um, you know, someone who, has a a background that that can be um, capitalized on, so to speak. Um, but yeah, because I, you know, I, we know how fraught things are in the political landscape. I think that if there were a really good, like, clean-cut dude who set all the and was really um, photogenic and came from like middle America as opposed to the coasts. And, you know, maybe he had like a, a white dad and a black mom and they were just, you know, salt of the earth, Americana type people. Kind of basically like an NFL quarterback, essentially. <laughs> like, I, I feel like, I feel like if they were picking a guy to be like thousands Captain America, uh, especially if they were trying to send someone to 
the parts of the world that they generally send people now, (laughs) (laughs) they might want someone who's a little browner for the the pure propaganda factor. I agree with that. What do you think, Marky Mark? I'm I'm processing all of this. I mean, obviously, when he mentioned the when he mentioned who we choose today, I suppose it would be somebody like The Rock or Vin Diesel or somebody sort of ambiguous of that nature, but also with a sort of mass appeal. Um, I guess that's sort of where we're at. I mean, that's that's what gives people people comfort or whatever when they, they don't have to think about sort of some of the darker implications of American history. So that, that totally makes sense to me that if we were doing it today, that that's how they would do it. I mean, I'm not as from, I mean, obviously I'm not the guy who knows as much about the comics as you guys, but I'm wondering with the, with the series or whatever, was that a voluntary thing or was it a Tuskegee Airman type thing? These soldiers being injected with the serum initially in that series. Who's red, white, and black stuff was, was a Tuskegee type type thing. It was, it was voluntary in the sense that they voluntarily joined the military, but it wasn't voluntary in the sense that they knew all that they were getting into when they were, uh, it's been a while since I read it. They they definitely didn't know all that they were getting into with regard to the experiment. Um, But no, when I was talking about today, I more meant it from uh, the the Steve Rogers that we're aware of, the mythology, if you will, of Captain America, about the kid who signs up, you know, to join up and fight against, you know, whatever enemy is is the enemy that we're we're fighting at the, the moment. You know, oh, I totally get that. What's that? I totally get that. You know, I think you know in in the forties, it you he they had that whole thing where he was going around and you know building up the war effort to different you know different cities, USO and and the like, and of course staging uh, the photo ops and the you know I think that while we're definitely a divided country, we talked about this earlier in the politics. I think that there would be an interest in trying to have a character or, or a person that, that could uh, unite the, the various factions of, of what people who consider themselves patriotic Americans want to be, you know? So, right, but there, there's no black character that can do that, right? Unless they're not talking about blackness. So I don't know how that sort of Captain America could unite black people who care a lot about blackness as an, a singular identity. Well, no, right. That's why I had said that I think that a multi, that's why I think that a multiracial, biracial rather, you know, Captain America, if we were, if we were imagining a world where Captain America was being created today, I could see a biracial person better being able to bridge those, those gaps, you know, especially if, if, it, if he has those other elements of, you know, quote unquote. Whiteness? Well, that too, right? <laughs> so sort of like a Barack Obama type Captain America. Or- nah, I wouldn't say Barack Obama. The thing you have to realize is that I am one of those biracial Captain Americas. Okay. I mean, uh, my, my blood and the blood of my unborn children are on that flag. And the thing is, is that... Uh, I have no regrets and, you know, Kia will even tell you that, you know, how I got wounded out there, I can never again have any more children. I only have one daughter and quite ironically, her name is Miracle. 
and she's a Navajo girl. And um, the thing is, is that, you know, as I told Kia and uh, Mike earlier, is the fact that, yeah, coming from two backgrounds, both the African-American and the Native American side, yeah, I did grow up a little bit of a racist towards whites. And as I told them that the Marine Corps was the one that cured me from that. Because when I got hit out in Iraq, um, uh, it was primarily whites that dragged me out of that hellhole, and they're the reason why I'm alive today. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, I love the fact that blacks and whites get along, but as I as I told Kia and, and Mike before, is that uh, it's that very few people who want to try to keep it alive as far as the racism is concerned, because they try to fight racism with racism, and that's the thing that I don't like because now I'm starting to see it in the comic books, mm -hmm. and I don't like it, and. Um, you know, I don't, I don't care what your tint color is. You can be black, white, yellow, green, polka dot. I don't care. You have a life. It's in danger. And as a Marine, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to try to save your ass. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, a lot of people like in Hollywood and in comic books, they try to say that, oh yeah, the blacks are oppressed or the Native Americans were oppressed and this and that and yada, yada, yada. But it's always from these white liberals. And I do ask them the question, you know, do you speak for me? Do you know my, my, my people's history on both sides? And that's the thing is that uh, they're trying to do that in comic books because, oh my God, you know, black people are this and black people are that. And it's just like, no. I've seen my black people, Kia being one of them. She's a fucking Marine. She's a hard ass. And not only that, we've also had the conversation before we got on this podcast that, yeah, she is a pain in the ass. She is a strong woman. She knows how to take care of herself. And the thing is, is that, you know, you know, Kia and I have bumped heads mm -hmm. as far as her being a woman and her being, and me being a man. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that I look at the world now and how, how, it's, how it's played into uh, a lot of uh, comic books mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, me being who I am now, you know, six foot three, 285 pounds, um, you know, they cannot beat me physically. So what they will try to do is that they will try to beat me with dishonor they will try to say things that oh yeah Joaquin oh yeah he's nothing but a whore and this and that and yada 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 and you see it in you know a lot of the comic books you know a lot of hearsay and um the thing is is that you know I also read a lot of the DCU comic books and there were some people who thought Wonder Woman was a bit of a whore you know because she fucked around with Batman Superman and this and that and yada yada yada, but um, the thing was was that 
you know, being an Amazon Wonder Woman, you know, you can hear a lot of feminism or feminists say that, oh yeah, I don't need no man or this and that and yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, Wonder Woman was the ultimate feminist and she was created by a man who also created the uh, lie detector test. And the thing is, is that, you know, even Wonder Woman needed somebody to love and love was ultimately her weapon. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, me being a Native American, I come from a very matrilineal uh, tradition. We believe that our, our people started from a woman. Uh, there, there are some things that, uh, culturally speaking, uh, that we have lost because there's a lot of boys who have gotten a lot of these young women pregnant and they're all single mothers. And then they're wondering why, you know, why can't I find a good man? You know, because a good man would be like, I am not going to date a single mother. Um, and not to be bashing on single mothers, but um, there are a lot of, uh, like I told uh, Mike, um, there's a lot of things in comic books that reflect real life, much like it is in the movies. Right. So, um, you know, uh some people look in the mirror and they don't like what they see, which is part of the reason why a lot of people read the comic books, they see the movies, and they hate it. Right. And, well, uh, that's a really valid point, but um, one thing I don't see a lot of times in comic books when we were talking about, like, um, I know Mike was saying that, you know, having, having like a Captain America that was both like half white and half black might unify everybody in a sense and people can kind of jump on board with that. But what about just having an African-American male as, as, as a superhero that did not come from oppression? Like a lot of times that I've seen in majority, unless I'm wrong, you guys can totally like correct me on this. I have yet to see an African-American um, a comic book person that did not come from some type of oppression like you know like I was thinking like in terms of like Green Arrow Green Arrow like he he was you know he grew up with everything and then he got stranded and everything else like that and then he came back and he's like yeah okay I'm gonna go save the world and this is what I'm gonna do because I taught myself how to hunt and do all this cool stuff but like well, well here's the like thing you're gonna you're gonna have to realize that uh T'Challa came from Right, but he's not a, a life that but was well, very rich, very very privileged. He was he he grew up as a as a prince. True, true. But was he American? Yeah, that's the thing. So I was gonna so so here's here's the thing. There are characters like that, but I think that one of the things that happens in comics a lot is that their power, not their power, often, but their their motivation, so to speak, for becoming heroes is often rooted in some kind of trauma. You know, it's often like my family died or, you know, I uh, endured some kind of hardship around getting my powers. And then the pathos of their experience is what makes them sympathetic. Like, I think- I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, Black Panther, yeah. he came from a traumatic background. I mean, uh, uh, Claw, uh, even though you don't see it in the movie, in the MCU movies, uh, in the comic books, his his dad was killed by Claw, and that was and he was killed right in front of him. Yeah. 
And that was how uh, T'Challa became the Black Panther. And his only mindset was to, you know, I got I to gotta find Claw and I got to kill his ass. And that's what made the Black Panther uh, so lethal was the fact that once you found out that the Black Panther was on your ass, you were pretty much already dead. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, or, or another a lot of heroes do come from trauma. I mean, uh, like you said, Mike, uh, Peter Parker. Yeah, uh, I was uh, Miles Morales, actually. You know, like Miles. Yeah, My, Miles Morales, uh, uh, even the Hulk, um, uh, Iron Man. You say what I was um, Morales. Yeah. Like, Miles oh, Morales, like, generally speaking, is, is pretty he's doing all right. You know, like he's got, you know, he's got a little bit of stuff because, you know, he's in Brooklyn and he's going to this privileged school or whatever, but he's, he's got a cool life, but it's seeing Peter Parker die in front of him. Like Peter Parker in a lot of ways is his uncle Ben, you know, like he felt like he could have done more. And if he had done more after he gotten bitten by the spider, then maybe Peter Parker would have, wouldn't have died. And that makes him want to follow in his, footsteps so can i just well, that, that, that's that's part of the beauty of uh comic books mm -hmm. because you get a lot of uh what ifs and the thing is is that i uh i watched this movie called uh bright burn i'm not sure if you've seen it oh, i've seen it yeah 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 like what if superman I haven't seen it familiar a, with it though yeah what if superman turned into a uh, villain and i played this game called uh, injustice gods among us where Lois Lane gets killed and then Superman just snaps and be, he becomes a dictator. Um, the thing is, is that a lot of, a lot of the heroes, anti-heroes and the villains, you know, a lot of them do it by choice. You know, I mean, you, you look at Dr. Doom and what happened with the Fantastic Four, you know, Dr. Doom, he's got some power, but he decided, you know, fuck it, I, I got all this power. I can defeat the Fantastic Four. Remember, Doctor Doom. I'm going to try to dominate the world, you know. Remember, and, himself, there was a certain amount of trauma because he is, um, you know, I mean, the what we used to call a gypsy, you know, like basically like the oppressed group in Latveria, and his people were were held down. Um, his mother gets killed, you know. Then he decides, I'm going to use my intellect. I'm going to use. I'm going to accumulate all this power and I'm going to take over. And one of the reasons that he's so beloved in what Liberia has compared everywhere else is that he treats everyone, you know, equally in his homeland because he was so poorly treated there. But to the rest of the world, he's a villain because he wants to rule it. He honestly believes that the world would be better, you know, if it was under his thumb, that all of the things that we do to each other, all of the, you know, oppressions and the, uh, you know, whatever, the um, uh, inequalities of the world, like, would be kind of evened out. Because Mike, I, I just want to jump in a little bit because I feel like what's happening is, so oppression is a type of trauma, mm -hmm. right? So I feel like we're merging trauma and oppression a little bit. And just to sort of follow up on, on Kia's point, I, I don't doubt that, I mean, I haven't read every comic in the universe, but probably all superhero characters for the most part come from some sort of trauma because that's probably exactly. character motivation is a, is a pretty basic thing. The question sort of becomes is we as Africans in America are African Americans. How interested are we in stories 
that don't relate to America's particularized history of oppression, right? Which I think yeah. is, is a very different subset than just the traditional, oh, my parents were murdered by a supervillain superstory. And I know yeah. from my personal perspective as a Black person growing up in the South, I don't really have any interest in a Black character who supposedly grew up in America but somehow was not exposed to a racialized experience. I, I have zero interest in that because I, I can't relate to it. I wouldn't understand it. Um, is there a benefit to that for someone who has managed to grow up in America and not have racialized experiences? Potentially. But I think if I was exposing this sort of art to my children, what I would want them to see is things that are sort of representative, representative of the true fabric of American society. It's hard for me to imagine a, a black person growing up in America who, whose racial identity is not a part of, of who they are. So okay, in, if, in terms if, of art, that doesn't interest me. If, if mm. I may, um, the, the, the thing is, is that a lot of the uh, African-American slavery that went on here in the United States, a lot of those slaves came from slaves in Africa. And the thing is, is that there were African slaves who were owned by African owners. And the thing is, is that not only does whoa, 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 it happen, we, But they weren't really slaves though. Like they were just like people Totally working. different system. Totally different servants, right? Well, totally and, different well, system. Yeah, but they were system. paid, they could have families, they could do this, they weren't whipped. Do you know the, the definition of an indentured servant? Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay. So the thing is, is that uh, you know, when 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 whites brought blacks over to America, they were already slaves. And the thing is, is that, and this is the conversation that I had with uh, Mike, was the fact that, um, yeah, I mean, uh, when we first came here, yeah, America... Is your supposition that power. every black person who came to America was already the same sort of slave in Africa? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. The, the reason why is that, the reason why I'm saying this is because, you know, uh, okay, I don't want to get too political, but what's going on nowadays... I mean, we're pretty political, right? This, this, is, this, is, this is what's happening, okay? Political All right. is... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, the thing is, is that we have illegal immigrants coming from Mexico, right? Okay. Wait. The thing is, is hold on, hold on. Hold <laughs> I feel on. like we have to let this play out. Okay, Although I yeah, may just, regret just, it. And Mike, you might have to finish, edit it. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. The thing is, is that uh, I am 120 miles north of the Mexican border. The people that were coming from Mexico were not Mexicans. Guess where they came from? Uh, Central America. Please say Africa. Please say Africa. They're coming from Africa. Shut up. <laughs> yes, they are. Please. And yeah, and and, and that's this the whole thing. time I, Trump I, has been I, trying to cast out on Mexicans and it's really Africans coming in. It's, it's really damn. yeah. I shit you not. It is totally Africans. Black people from Africa are sneaking into America from the border. And here's the thing about these uh, these progressives and these SJWs. Wow, even Trump, Trump has Trump gotten to this talking point. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, sure. Whenever 
Donald Trump said that we have a problem with immigration, the first thing that these progressives said, and this is what I was saying about racism, fighting racism with racism, is the fact that whenever Donald Trump's saying they're coming from south of the border, he said illegal immigrants, and the first things that these progressives said was Mexicans, and it's just like, no, it's not Mexicans. It's, it, they're coming from Africa. Right, but he has... And the thing is, is that we don't want to deny them... Uh, Mexicans, though. We're just... To yeah, it's it's not entirely Mexicans. You got Muslims. You got you got you got Iranians. You got you got. Uh, uh, right, but uh, he said racist things about Mexicans. So you can say that it's something else, but he himself has said racist things about Mexicans. Yeah, because he knew that he would definitely get in trouble if he said anything racist about Africans. Right, country is not ready for that. I mean, they're trying to like walk away from that and be like, yo, that never happened. We didn't do that. Who? That was our well, well, People well, always try to recharacterize Trump, but I say just take him at face value. I just well, take him well, at the well, racist things that he said. I don't interpret them away. Yeah. Okay, well, hold on. Hold on. You know, if, if, I was, if I was to ask you, give me one comic book that tells me about Black Lives Matter, I will shut the fuck up. I mean, there's a comic book. Have you, are you familiar with uh, uh, Nighthawk? Mm-hmm. Or as the as the whites would say, Nighthawk. <laughs> oh, oh, I did I did not know about that. What, oh yeah, they get do. around they, to they, that. Yeah, I guess. yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, I'm I am not ignorant to what they say. So what's what what are they saying about Nighthawk? I'm interested. They just make fun of his name. Oh, Nighthawk. Well, that's that's a very low level of analysis like because well, it's not it's not a no a, a low level of analysis it's just what i hear no no and the I, thing I, is I, I, is I, I, you know being like like you know being a comic book geek mm -hmm. you know i can spot racism because not only have i experienced racism um yourself from not only whites i've also experienced it uh, also from blacks and my own people, the Native Americans. Because according to the natives and the blacks, I will never be black enough and I will never be native enough. So my whole philosophy is, you know... Oh, whoa, that, that's, that's a... Wait, wait, you don't have to own that, though. No, like, you don't have no, to let an external factor make you hold, feel that you're on, not black on, enough and not native enough. You can you own that. Here, here, here's the thing. The thing I believe in is that it is easy to fit in. It is difficult to stand out. I chose to stand out. I am who I am. I'm, I can be black when I want to. I can be native when I want to. I can be both. I can blend in two cultures should I feel like it. And, and that's the thing that, that got me past this whole race thing is the fact that you know uh growing up as a kid yeah i got picked on i got beat up i got i got dust thrown on me to make me look white uh because my last name is mccurdy which means i'm scottish i got some white in me and the thing is is that well, i hate to break it to you but most of us have some white in us in exactly I That's what I'm saying, a lot. I mean, because look at Kia's last name. Shoot. Just kidding. 
he's Jewish as hell. Mazel tov, bitches. I know what you're talking about, kid. Don't. <laughs> we're trying. Uh, you know, that's why Kia's got to be on the show because she's she's bringing she's bringing us out of the the the, the deepness. Because so so here's the thing, Joaquin. Like, every, like uh, I hear a lot of what you're saying. I hear most of what you're saying, actually. But I think yeah. like in terms of you know, if we're talking about comics, right? And we're talking mm-hmm. about how people want to tell these like inspirational stories and these stories of heroism. I think that I think that there's something to the idea of having people who come from backgrounds that are rooted in trauma and rising above that. Right? I mean, yeah, I I I trauma, I totally yes, but that. oppression maybe not so much. Because well, I don't want, I don't want like, you know, I think Mark was saying something to the point where, you know, he, I don't think he wants his children to not be able to relate to like, you know, the things that we go through on a daily basis. But I kind of feel like you can go through trauma without being oppressed. And I feel like that is a good example, especially for like the African-Americans well, here, here, here's the thing here is that, you know, with me being a combat vet, I am going through some trauma, but race is not my forte, if you will. No, I get that. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I like white people. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust them. <laughs> it's, oh, well, it's, I mean, that's sort of saying old thing. And now yeah, that they're all wearing masks out in Corona. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, like, you know, okay, I'm going to be quite honest with y'all. I am a Trump supporter, but at the same time, I don't like his ass. Hey, Mike, I you're going to have to edit that. You're going to have to edit that out for I now. do support uh, his policies, but I don't have to like him. Because being the, being the president of the United States, it's not a popularity contest. Makes me want to disconfect him. So, yeah. Oh, oh, are we gonna go down this path, Mike? We're gonna be. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. Like, with, uh, oh, uh, Mike, what are we gonna do here? <laughs> well, with uh, uh, I'm gonna. What, uh, what's his name? Uh, Miller, the one uh, who who was uh, Batman's. Was it Frank Miller? Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Yes. Yeah, Frank Miller, and that was the first one of the first times that we saw Batman take on Superman. What I'm here. Well, yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah, he wrote he wrote the uh, story of where uh, it was it was in the '80s, and then uh, Batman took on Superman because right. Superman he finally decided to be the president's bitch, and <laughs> Batman was just like fuck you, you know. Like we, there are some you know, there are some definitely fascist overtones to the Dark Knight Returns, though. Like oh yeah, definitely yeah. I mean. It's one of the things that makes it an interesting story. Do you think the Dark Knight should have been black? The, I mean, the Darker Knight, if we're talking. <laughs> yeah, like, do you think? So the Blackest Knight. The no. Blackest Knight, like I feel like. So there's a character in there's a character named Night Thrasher, right? Who basically has Batman's origin. Like he's rich. His parents were gunned gunned down in front of him in New yeah. York, and he turns himself into a badass uh, fighting machine. But at the end of the day, he's not Batman. You know, like he doesn't have, he doesn't have- Isn't, isn't he the one that has all the uh, 
cybernetic shit, the black Batman, the the one who's got the flight suit and the um no, that's someone else. But because, uh, yeah, because like there was a black Batman. I think it was like with the black family. It, it was after Bruce Wayne dies, and then um, Dick Grayson, the original Robin, picks up the mantle of mm-hmm. of uh, Batman, and then there's a. About I think it was like Lu- Lucas Fox. Okay, you're talking about Batman. You're talking about Batman. No, no, yeah. is a Marvel character. Um, but like the Night Thrasher's deal is that like he's he's got Batman's origin, but he takes it a different kind of way because he's raised in a different kind of country. One one big difference between the DC universe and the Marvel universe, just broadly, is that the DC, excuse me, most of the cities in DC are fictionalized. They're not. They, they weren't initially intended to be the real world. They were intended to sort of stand in in a broader uh, sense of what the real world was. So that's why you have the cities like stylized Gotham or stylized Metropolis. You know, they're not, they're, they're supposed to be quote unquote more universal because they're not uh, based on American cities. Mm-hmm. So like the character of Night Thrasher is, is similar to Batman, but he grew up in New York. The character I do know the I do know Night Thrasher, yeah. Right. The character I mentioned before, Nighthawk, he grew up in Chicago. You know, he's a character that in addition to being much more brutal than than Batman, he's constantly fighting against uh corrupt businessmen and corrupt cops. You know, he's he's a uh in a, in addition to being a crime fighter, is a quote unquote Avenger for uh for for racialized justice and i think that in terms of what makes certain marvel characters more accessible to certain kinds of fans is that sense that these characters are steeped in a world that's comparable to our world and that they in addition to dealing with the supervillains and dealing with the problems of the superheroic world they're also dealing with the problems of our world you know that they're not they're not trying to be overtly political in the sense of telling you which candidate to vote for, but they're being political in the sense of saying these are the political realities that we're dealing with in this day and time. So it's one of the well, reasons why it's harder to say this is a story from the 80s and this is a story from today and, and compare the two because they're telling a story about our understanding of the world mm-hmm. 80s versus our understanding. And Mike, can I just, can I take this a little bit back to the Captain America discussion? Because I, I want to be, I want to be clear about this. Like in order for something like Captain America to work and he's going to be black, it has to be representative of America. Yeah. And just to me or whatever, there's just no conception of America that does not have some sort of some sort of nexus to, to race, to gender, to all those things that have made our country Thank sort of the complicated mix, the complicated mix that it is, right? So like the idea that, that I, I think when I look at this, I don't need every black character to always be talking about oppression in order to be entertained by that. I mean, we've, mm-hmm. it, that's not really the point, but the point is if, if a character is gonna be called Captain America, it's hard for me to imagine that particular character they're, they're not being some sort of discussion or nexus to American oppression in there. I, I don't see how you can 
you can extricate race from that character if you're going to make that character black. You see, Mark, uh, that was one of the things that I talked with uh, Mike and Kia about uh, was uh, the uh, culmination of a lot of these black characters. Because what I told them was um, one of the things that I hated about a lot of the uh, black superheroes was the fact that they had the word black in front of their name and it's just like we know they're black you don't have to call them the black panther or the black lightning or anything like that we know they're black mm -hmm. and the thing is you know whether captain america is black white latino fucking chicano native american uh chinese American, i don't care uh the thing is is that if he's got the red, white, and blue, that is Captain America. And, um, you know, well, I, so it's I only mean, he's only Captain America, though, if he's representing Americans. Just because you call it Captain America doesn't make it Captain America. What makes it Captain America is if it's promoting the ideals that we want America to represent. Yeah. And, and so, so, so what mm. I jump in on is Marquis. So there was a run where Sam Wilson got the, the shield, right? Right, right. Rogers gave him the shield. And, you know, he has this speech um, where, where he, you know, he's addressing the world as the new Captain America. And, you know, and he, and, and he confides in Steve, look, I'm a different kind of dude than you. You know, like I had different experiences. I grew up in a different time. And you tended to try to be apolitical. You tended to try to stay above the fray. You know, I, I can't be like you. And Steve says... Just be you, to be, be whoever you are. And immediately after he does that, immediately after he tries to, they, they don't say the substance of what he says in this address, but essentially he becomes the polarizing figure that we were talking about before. He becomes the character where there are random white people saying, you're not my Captain America, you're not the real Captain America. And then he has, you know, Black people and poor people, different people of different backgrounds, putting up the fist and like, yeah, you, you know, finally we have a Captain America that tells it like it is, you know. And the story sort of spins out of that, spins out of the fact that like, you know, you're 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 a symbol, but you're also a person, you know. And and well, and, and the it, thing is, is that they did the same thing with uh, Black Panther, saying like, oh my God, we got our first black superhero, when in fact that wasn't the case. Back in 1996, 1997, you had Blade with Wesley Snipes. He's a Marvel character. Sure. And he was fucking dudes up, black, white, Asian. I mean, watch the movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, people were thinking Deadpool was the first uh, rated R movie. And it was like, no, it was Blade. And the thing is, is that Blade is one of my favorite yeah. Uh, characters in the Marvel uh, universe. Okay. And Blade, Wesley Snipes' character, was the one who put Marvel on the scene. So it was a black man that fucking did all that shit. But here's the thing about and that. What, one thing that Blade, the character, is a cinematic character, different from Blade, the comic character, is that Wesley Snipes brought a lot of those elements into the character that didn't exist in the comics. You know, he made that character, he brought the coolness, he brought the um, martial artsness, uh, you know, because Wesley Snipes himself 
was was that and wanted to be that kind of action hero. So for a lot of people, even though Blade is a comic character, he's also an action hero. You know, he's an he's yeah. a action hero. And it made it harder, you know, there were Blade comics in the aftermath and the sort of the time right before and right after the movie. But it wasn't a sense of him playing a character that existed in the books. He was playing a he made a he made a, essentially infused a comic character with new elements. And and in fact, that kind of ties ties to sort of the broader enterprise of what we're doing, you know, with the podcast. You know, by taking that element, by taking the Wesley Snipes cool factor and and having him play Blade, if they they could have had a whole bunch of other actors play Blade and it wouldn't have been wouldn't have had as much appeal. It wouldn't have been as popular and it wouldn't have been as iconic. Wesley Snipes plus Blade was iconic in a way, you know, with the MCU, what the MCU tried to do is it tried to translate these characters as they existed in the books to the film. So while I totally agree that Wesley and Blade deserve their due as iconic characters, you only need to look at the last 10 years and how little appeal is the wrong word, um, how less resonant Blade is in the books and in pop culture than in his high point in the 90s. It wasn't sustained. It did, it, you know, the minute that Wesley was separated from, I mean, who, it may change, you know, Mahershala Ali is going to be playing Blade in, at some point in the Yeah, movie. so that's, that's what I'm saying is that but we don't he, know. I mean, if Blade is that insignificant, I'm not saying why the hell are they making another movie? I'm not saying it's insignificant. I'm just saying that we don't know to what extent Blade is going to resonate on the high level of pop culture and in high level of black. Culture. Also, it just feels like there are lots of characters that don't have black in front of their name. So I don't, I don't actually know why it matters that there are some that do, right? Like Storm doesn't have, she's not Black Storm. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I told Kia mm -hmm. and Mike. I said, I, I, I told them that, you know, I was like, hey, I had some Marine brothers that came to my house and we were watching the Black Panther. And uh, my friend Baker, he was just like, I told him, I was just like, there's some things I don't like about uh, some of these African-American characters. And he was just like, why? You're an African-American? I said, yeah, I'm half. But at the same time, I said, why is it that whenever a Black superhero comes out they have to have black oh but I, I actually i actually think not to, to interrupt but i actually think my point is the exact opposite like my, my point is that there are, are there's a mix of these characters and some of them have black but certainly not all of them blade yeah, doesn't have black get, in front like, of his name storm doesn't it's a mix and because it's a mix it's not so threatening that a few do well but, but my whole thing is like you don't have like white wonder woman or um exactly. you know, asian iron fist or like why you don't even have an asian iron fist <laughs> i know that's, that's my point like, so that's, that's even saying, worse like, you know like i'm just saying like you don't have that so why is it just for right but we mentioned that back in the day you know like when, these, when some of these characters created in the late 60s and early 70s, the fact that they were black was part of the, was part of the marketing for the character. You know, this was like towards the black exploitation era when, you know, a lot of stuff was pitched 
around the idea of it being black and black, 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 you know, yeah, that was a thing that was a relic of the time. There are very few characters that get created now that have black in their name because it's not necessary. But at the time that they were trying, remember, they're trying to sell comics, right? They're trying to sell, you know, um, to what they believe the audience, what, what, they, what they believe the audience wants. And the fact that those characters still have black in their name is more of a function of the fact that they've existed for 40 years, not the fact that they think that they still have to. Black care. You know, like. I'm black. <laughs> it doesn't bother me that Black Panther has black in his name. It doesn't really bother me that Black Lightning has black lightning has, has black in his black name. Black Michael. Well, it bothers me a little bit with Black Lightning because like, there's no such thing. But the thing is, like, <laughs> there's no such thing as superpower. Superpower people. <laughs> you see, no. you see, you see <laughs> Mike, real, my but... name, my name, <laughs> my name in the Marine Corps is Savage, and I didn't take it as a um, as a derogatory. As a, as a well, derogatory. No, song. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the the reason why I took it is because I beat the hell out of 300 pounds Samoan and I won because I was dancing with his very voluptuous sister by the name of Jocelyn at this club called Stellar. Uh, and the thing is, is that <laughs> yeah, his brother got pissed off so I broke both of his knees. Best podcast ever. They uh, <laughs> They didn't call me that is Black Savage. It was just Black Savage. Savage. You're, Bless you're Savage. Black, Black Savage is actually like a really cool name. Like, I'm a rapper. I'd want this name. Black Savage. Like, like, I said on my Facebook, I was cool. Savage so Black before Black being just, Savage Oh, cool. Black Savage could get it. <laughs> like a Black, Black Savage. Savage in this bitch? <laughs> no, 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 Mike, you're going to have to edit that. <laughs> Oh, you ain't editing nothing, man. Like I said, we're we're I, I, like I said, I'm totally politically incorrect. Yeah, I'm a Native American, and my marine name is Savage. I'm not gonna fucking deny that at all. Period. Oh well, this this is actually that's actually I, I can actually that's a good point that I, I think is is essential to this. I, I think what we have is four people with varying degrees of of racial experience, racial gender experience mm-hmm. in America. And what we have is four, you know, sort of different viewpoints, but also sort of shared viewpoints of like the nexus. And I, I think my position has always been, I'm, I'm not ever of a mindset that what we need to do is tell people to get over race or get over their experience. Well, the thing is, I feel Mike, like is, the goal is, is the of any sort of society that, um, that's progressing with, is with, for people. Oh, one moment. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Sorry, no, 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 I think the goal sorry, is sorry. the goal. We have a no interrupting rule. That's Robert's rules of order. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. You established these. So I think my only goal is I'm just following your rules. I think my only goal is for people to be able to express their identity in the way that they want to express it. And if that makes other people uncomfortable, I mean, fine, so so be it. I am not responsible for other people's comfort with my personal discussion of race because my experience with race in America is my, my experience. No one else gets to determine that for me. So I would never, uh, just like I wouldn't tell a woman, your expression of, of gender doesn't, doesn't matter. 
right? That's her experience with, with gender mm -hmm. in, our, in our gender society. Um, so it's not my goal to tell people to get over things or to get over race. My goal is, can we get to a society where people can express themselves about what they actually feel that like they're going through without feeling like they're being ostracized or, or not listened to? And essentially what, what we have is, well, if you say something is, is black, there's a certain segment of society that is like, well, I don't want to hear that. You know, I don't hear about your, your experiences. I don't want to hear about your, your identity. Um, and, and that to me is disturbing because to me, when you close off information, experiences, knowledge, identity or whatever, you're destroying communication. And at the end of the day, communication is really the only way we can move forward as a society. So some of the, the whole, the, the, the perspective that people need to get over things is like intrinsically flawed to me because how can you tell people to get over all the horrible things that have happened to them? That's the horrible thing that happened to them. They yeah. have to talk about it and speak about it and process it. And our society, if we're gonna progress, should be a safe space, should be a safe space for those things. Um, but what we've done is we've created this system where this person said black so i'm not going to listen to anything else this person says i don't want to talk about race like that it doesn't matter this person should have gotten over that um and that's disturbing to me when it happens that's yeah. my well, hot take. I agree. yeah the the thing is is that um i when i was younger i bought into this whole bullshit uh forgive and forget um yeah i can forgive but I won't forget. And you should. And the thing is, the reason why I believe that is because, yeah, I can forgive whites for what they did to my people on both sides. But at the same time, I can't forget it because at the same time, I will not allow my people to go through the same shit that they went through before I was born. And the thing is, is that, you know, with uh, Mike doing, doing this sort of uh, thing, as far as comic books, as far as us opening up about, uh, you know, race and culture and all this other stuff, that's a step in the right direction, you know, because I did tell uh, Mike uh, that, um, yeah, maybe there should be some cultural uh, sharing, sharing yeah. you know, because for me, I like to think that I'm a bridge between two people. That's between the African-American and the uh, Native American. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with you, Kia, and 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 mike you know ex expressing your opinions and all that stuff you know even though i may not agree with it i do respect it and you know we're not gonna we're not gonna agree on everything it's just you know me being a marine you know you do have a right to speak and kia knows this i know this you know and anybody tries to take that away, you know, we're there to say, hey, you don't get to shut him up. That's his constitutional right. And that's the thing that, uh, you know, I like to uh, let a lot of people understand just for the simple fact that, 
you know, we're all Americans, black, whites, reds, polka dots, rainbow, I don't give a fuck. But um, the thing is, is that, um, yeah, Kia and I being out there, out in the world, we understand the freedoms that we have here and we don't take it for granted. Right. And uh, even though Kia is a pain in the ass, um, I and we, we, we disagree really on a lot of shit. Yeah. She does know that uh, anybody fucks with her, they're going to have to fuck with me. And as a fellow American, you know, that's what I'm going to have to do with you. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just who we are. And it's like that with the comic books. Because... Mar like Marquis said, sorry to jump in, but like, like... The key is remembering that it's not a monolith, that people have different views, people have different perspectives, and you try exactly respecting the different perspectives. And mm -hmm. sometimes you're going to disagree. Sometimes you're going to passionately disagree. Sometimes you're going to be like, I think that's bullshit, right? But, it, but the thing is, respect where people are coming from and try to come together in some, for some kind of commonality so that we can all like move to a better place. I would even say yeah. go a step further and not only respect where they're coming from, but try to understand where they are. Okay. And if you feel as though like, you know, they could progress forward, try to help them along in that process. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, the key, but the key is the mutual respect, you know? Mm -hmm. and, where, and I think sometimes where art fails is the, is the lack of mutual respect, is the lack of the idea that everyone's stories deserve to be told, or... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean to be totally quite honest, Mike, I, I could be a quote-unquote progressive and just say, oh, you're just nothing but a fucking sellout, you're this and that, and yada, 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 but I don't do that. And the thing is, is that, you know, whenever you speak... I'll shut the fuck up and listen. And it was the same deal with uh, Kia because Kia will tell you, yeah, her and I, we butted heads quite a bit. And, uh, <laughs> but I listened. And, um, you know, I think with this sort of uh, mentality and the thing that you're trying to start now, uh, I I honestly do think that it will bring people together and um, whether we're politically speaking on the left or the right, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, I was like, I'm not going to slam on you just for the simple fact that you're thinking opposite of me. And, you know, it's like that with Mark, you know, he's got his opinions mm -hmm. and, 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 and some of them, Maybe based on fact, and the thing is that you know, like I said, I'll, 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 I'll shut the fuck up and I'll it's listen. Two out of five. Like, if you, if you, facts in every if you podcast. Me, well, here's the thing: if you can prove me wrong, I will shut the fuck up and be like, okay, yeah. Two well, I, I, well, just to, to, to be honest with you, I never even view the goal of a discussion as to prove somebody wrong um it's not a it's not a gladiatorial arena it's a it's a discussion forum and what you're doing when you're when you're talking to other people is you're creating sort of a mind mill essentially of ideas that are like going back and forth 
to hopefully create some sort of new, more fully informed perspective on something. So I, I don't actually view discussion as combat all the time where no, we're, no, we're no, trying no, 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 to like no, no. That, that, force someone to view, force someone to see things the way that we see them. I think you achieve that by being confident in your worldview because you know it's based on facts and knowledge and experience. And I think people do better when they sort of respect that regardless of whether I can relate to where someone is coming from or their political position or whatever. They are a human being, they are an individual. So we all have to give each other sort of the respect that we want. And the truth is life is about growth. And at the end of the day, yeah. growth is uncomfortable. Growth is unpleasant. Um, it is. So if we're yeah, not growing, it's, it's not growth, it's actually life. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, whenever, you know, there, we, you know, we have different values or different ways that we see life, you know, I listen. I don't, I don't really, um, I don't really try to cut you off and do all this other stuff. It's just, okay, well, tell me your point of view. And uh, that, that's, that's the thing. Um, it's the fact that I don't, I don't really try to call you names or tell you, oh my God, you are so ignorant and this and that and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> nah, it's not that. It's just, you know, well, tell me what you feel. I'm definitely tell me what you think. Yeah, and, and that's what opens up <laughs> a decent dialogue and this is what uh debates are done correctly yeah okay. yeah mm -hmm. so here's the thing yeah. let's transition a little bit back to the racial draft because we do have some racial draft business oh yeah the new name for this podcast should be off topic <laughs> 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 we have to set a draft order for the racial draft and i have here the official bag that i'm going to use to select to select the different uh teams and create the drafting order um marquee would you like to do me a favor and uh keep track of i mean i'll i'll do it as well but you can be a second set of eyes. Hold on, Mike. I'm going to power of some sort of document. All right. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, like, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm like using the this admin? technology. Yes. I have in front of me eight different Scrabble tiles to correspond with the eight teams. <laughs> for, <laughs> for those young, young kids out there, Scrabble was a game. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have the... P, Team Polynesia. I have the N for Team Native. Oh, I thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> oh, I have the M for Multiracial. I have the W for Team White. I have. Uh, well, shouldn't you? Shouldn't it be C? Oh. <laughs> oh. I have the J for Team Jewish. Too technical. Team, do you say Jush? Jewish. Oh, I thought you said Jush. I was like, what? what <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know what Jush means in my language? What does it mean? Um, no. It means pussy. Oh. I knew he was going to say that and I didn't stop him. <laughs> I saw that happening and I didn't do anything about it. <laughs> I 
I kid you not. That's what just means. I have the L for Team Latinx or Latina or Latino, depending on your specific uh, background. And I have the A for Team Asian and the B for Team Black. Really? So, yes, really. So I'm going to, <laughs> going to shake it around. I am selected for the top choice, the number one draft. Wait, this is number one, not number 12? Is that how you do that? I thought you worked from bottom to top. No, 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 no. No, because the Is that how you do it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, I like this podcast. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. Everyone has has an equal chance of getting the number one draft pick. Got it. Another way. Then you go. It goes the other, you know, the wrong way. Uh, that we. That's why you know math is not my strong point. All right. So, the number one pick is M for multiracial. Ooh, I'm just glad yeah. it wasn't W. Gosh. Nice. <laughs> of which uh, Kia may one day be the captain, but it's right now is a uh, is a uh, as a. It's looking pretty well. <laughs> Number two pick is N for Team Native. Native. I don't think it's another word. (laughs) Yeah, that was dangerous too. This podcast is so off the rails tonight. Number three pick is P for Team. For Jush. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what was P for again? Polynesian, honestly, I think. Korean. Yes. Got it. Team Asian is the fourth pick. You know Asia's really big, right? You probably gonna have to break that down eventually, uh-huh. maybe. Oh uh, man, just like usual, black is migrating to the bottom of this list. <laughs> as long as it comes before W, I'm good. <laughs> J, Team Jewish. Yay. <laughs> we didn't even I didn't even make top five. Wait, why am I not in the J? Um, because yeah, Mike. Oh. Can we revisit this issue? Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> Frankia Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> I needed I needed help with team multiracial. Oh, okay. All right, that's fair. T W. Oh no! Put it back. Put it back. What the heck is that? Why did it come before B? I bet if B comes next, I swear to God. <laughs> I bet B, B's going to be number eight, right? Definitely. That's how this is going. B's going to yep. be number eight. I can't believe it. And Mike fixed it. Oh. He did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's rigged, just like his NFL draft. <laughs> Self-hate. Self-hate. <laughs> now, remember, it's snake draft. So snake draft means that if you're the first pick in the first round, I mean, if you're the last pick in the first round, the first pick in the second round and vice versa. So team multiracial, Frankia gets yes. And team native, Joaquin. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just gonna switch for back and forth between like multiracial, Jewish, and then black, depending on who gets it first. And that's why you can't be the captain. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can be the captain of all three. <laughs> all right. 
for all time. <laughs> but uh, hey, since we're here, and since you guys know, you know, since you guys know your drafting order, you guys can talk about. Now you can feel comfortable talking about who you might want to draft, seeing that, uh, seeing that you can't be have have it your pick taken out from under you. Ooh. And I will enjoy listening to the the experts hey. discuss their um <laughs> their draft their draft style. This is not who do you want, Keen? I thought we were doing the draft style till later. No, no, we're not asking. This is an official. No, this this is a hypothetical. Who who do you want? Who do you really really want? So let me let let me clarify. This is not official. No one is no one's being drafted based on what we talk about here. I was just saying that because you know. Uh, team multiracial first, there's zero possibility that anyone you discuss will be drafted ahead of you because you get the first pick. You know, so if you wanted to stick around some ideas, you wouldn't have to worry about tipping your hand with regard to the draft. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And you know, and similarly, there's a chance there's a that one person, Kia, could steal <laughs> your pick, you know, but if you if you felt comfortable, Joaquin, sharing some possibilities, uh, why are you helping him? <laughs> I'm just saying that if I want to keep the conversation going, so I want to. I, I I just want him to tell me what he, who he really wants, so that you can draft it out from under him. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like that was my whole plan. <laughs> I'm a savage. Yeah, oh, a black I'm savage. savage. Oh. I want to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want you to go first, Kia, because you know. Oh, go ahead, Kia. This is hard. Like, I I like the villains. Villains are villains are open to be drafted. I, yeah. I really like the villain villains because I feel like their focus mm -hmm. is better. You know, like do gooders, blah, boring, boo. Um. Well, like I told you, you're a pain in the ass, so that makes you a villain. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. I I don't want to give anything away, but like I think I'm like liking Magneto That's or Wolverine. That, so so a multiracial Magneto. Mm hmm Talk about it. Give me some give me some thoughts. Now, well by multiracial do you mean um Yes. Which did you have a particular racial? I feel like he should be like. Wait, can I say like he's Hispanic and maybe like I don't know. Yeah, this is this is we're just talking. Unleash your power. Hispanic and an Asian. Oh wow, that's a weird mix. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it different. <laughs> and then I'm picking that based on the stereotypes that I am thinking in my brain that I will not say out loud. Yay! <laughs> Would it be the first time somebody didn't say something out loud or thinking in their brain on this podcast? <laughs> it's my first time. <laughs> you know those motivations in the, in his traditional incarnation, you know, tends to be that he's a Holocaust survivor of humanity. And he wants to make sure that, well, here's the weird thing about Magneto. Like, if you look at him sympathetically, you're saying that he just wants to make sure that the worst that humanity can do is to people. Yeah, and he's just for his people, you know? Like, he really is just for his people. 
is that he was the victim of a group of people who consider themselves the master race. And now that he's discovered that he's a mutant, he considers mutants the master race. You know, so there's a certain level of irony in the villainy and how Magneto's motivated because he does believe that mutants are genetically superior to non-mutants. But they are. Superior is a uh, value judgment and not a, and not just a function of how strong you are in the world. Or the fact that you could like, I don't know, move like rocks and like, I would pick the guy that could move rocks if I own the construction business as opposed to the guy. Right, but that'd be like, hey, I need my 10 minute break. <laughs> no, 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 don't get me wrong. Listen, mutant powers are extremely helpful a lot of the time. But, you know, the fact that the fact that one person can create laser beams that come out of his eyes and another person throws bones out of him, you know, what they have in common is that they're both mutants. One power isn't really on the same level as the other. Like, Magneto believes that every mutant is genetically superior to every non-mutant, you know? But yeah. it, it's like, it's like coming with, like, an extra package. It's like, if you go to, like, Best Buy and you're like, you can get the TV and, you know, the speakers, and then they throw in, you know, with the mutant package, you're getting the TV, the speakers, and the Blu-ray and, and everything else. I, I don't know. Sounds like a better deal. It is a better deal, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So mutants, therefore, are superior. <laughs> that is my logic. That is what I'm going with. You are comboing all this. Wait. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think we learned that it's really good to be. It's good to be really good at one thing rather than have the uh, other thing. You don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Right. That is true. But um, no, Magneto's a really cool character. And he's a guy who's always going to get up to some stuff. Like he's a, he would be an addition to really any, he would be a strong addition to really any team. Um, and I feel like for the most part, like it's always in the end that he loses. So we, I wouldn't call him the closer, but you know, for the most part, he gets most of his shit done. And you know, if we want to talk about, if we want to talk about downtrodden people, I feel like, if, particularly if we're if we're saying like a Spanish-speaking Magneto, um, you know, who now when you say when you say Latino, do you mean uh, in America or do you mean from from originally from South America? I don't know. Who would have more? Who would Work have in more progress, Mike. Back? It's the, it's a WIP. <laughs> Who would have more huspa? Um, uh, I don't know. South America. Let's go with South America. I'm feeling. I like that. I feel like South America would be would be more interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not more interesting, but certainly would be interesting as a sort of a, a less represented perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, to the extent that there's a like we had talked about this earlier about like revolutionaries. You know, there there was definitely a lot of counter imperial revolutionaries in their mid 20th century, you know, a freedom fighter um, who's fought against the imperialist forces. Now he's the master of magnetism and he wants to make sure that, but can you also, right? Like, mm -hmm. which Asian did you have a specific mix in mind? 
I'm gonna go with Korean. Oh, they've taken some shit too. So like, let me say, <laughs> like South American and a together, and they had a child, and that mm-hmm. grew up where? Huh? Where did that child grow up? Africa. The child grew up in Africa. <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say South Africa. Get them all confused. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, no, honestly, you know they're all, really, this is one big country. I feel, no, honestly, honestly, I, I just say, like, I feel like he grew up in Toronto. <laughs> Toronto? <laughs> okay. You know, you put her on the spot, Mike. You got to I really have to think this through. But <laughs> no, this is, this is what we're doing. We're just brainstorming. All right, so you got a Canadian, Korean, um, South American. <laughs> Magneto. He has mutant powers. And decides that now is the time to unite the mutant forces to oppress, I mean, sorry, to uh, liberate his people. All right, it's a, it's a thought, and nothing's binding. <laughs> but what, do you, what, do you, what do you have, Joaquin? You got any uh, ideas, Petros? I wonder what he would look like. Well, I was kind of laughing at the uh, Freedom Fighter thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> laughing at, oh, okay, I see how it is. No. Well, uh, yeah, you can see how it is, whatever you want, but you seem to forget that uh, I come from the uh, bloodline of Apache. Freedom fighters. Yes, that's true. That is true. We were the last to give up to the United States government. Mm -hmm. And not only am I Apache, I am also Tano Otham. What is that? I'm sorry. I'm not familiar. Tohono Otham, I'm not sure if you've seen the uh, Iwo Jima monument. Okay. You see those Marines hanging the flag? Mm-hmm. The one not touching the flag, but he's got both of his hands up? Mm-hmm. That's my great-grandfather, Ira. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Fun so, fact. Yeah, so yeah, I got some uh, little Marine Corps history. And the thing is, is that my great-grandmother, Darcy, she was actually one of the uh, searching parties that went out to go look for him, and they found him frozen to death. So, yeah, I come from a long line of warriors all the way back till... It was literally cowboys and Indians. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I've been listening. And that's the reason why, like I said, my life has been turned on to a lot of comic books, Mm -hmm. a lot of superheroes. Mm -hmm. And with that Uh, being said, so what would be your pick? As far as my favorite superhero? I mean, yeah. Like I said before, not binding this is just for discussion discussion purposes like who would be uh someone that you had in mind for for the uh, native american team oh man that's a good question because i do remember uh the x-men movie uh was it days of futures past mm-hmm. uh there was a native american in that movie his name is warpath 
and um, his blades are made of uh, adamantium steel and he can grow different sizes so yeah there's Native American heroes and he dies in that movie but uh, yeah Warpath uh, there is also a uh, character by the name of Apache he too can grow different sizes he can grow from uh, six foot two to about 15 feet tall and have superhuman strength. Um, that's the that's the guy who was in the uh, old uh, Super Friends cartoon, right? Apache Chief, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, that's that's who he is. But surely you would not, in the first round, draft an existing Native American character, right? Oh no, like like I told you before, <laughs> before we went on, on, on the. Like before we went on the podcast, I would tell you definitely my first draft pick would definitely be Storm. I think she would be a good Native American character. Okay. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, a lot of Native Americans, uh, both on the Southern Athabascan and Northern Athabascan tribes, uh, we believe that, yeah, we can get control the weather and uh so i figure yeah storm would definitely be a good one um now is this mohawk storm or storm without the mohawk uh just storm period it doesn't matter if she's got the mohawk uh, as long as she's frozen? black storm though that's the only requirement what yeah black storm, yeah. Oh, okay. black storm. <laughs> Only and the thing is, is that um, you know, you know, like I, like I told, like I told Mike before, you know, uh, there are some friends who believe in uh, these people called thunder beings, and they can control the weather. Uh, the people who have passed on before. Um, you know, they control the lightning, the wind, and it's like that with my tribe. Um, if you ever get a chance, look up uh, the Gahe dancers, and you'll see lightning painted on their arms. So I figure Storm would be a good one. And um, for me, myself, I would like to think that the Punisher would be a good one. For me to draft. Native American. <clears throat> tell me more. Tell me more. Like, um, just just for the simple fact that uh, the Punisher is he's a the Punisher is a straight up Marine. No ifs, ands, or buts. Right. He's a Marine, and you can you can uh, read comic books and say that yeah, he's special forces. Like no, he's a fucking Marine. And then once his family got killed. Um, he he just lost his shit. The guy that played exactly, Punisher. That's exactly what Geronimo did. Once his wife and his two little girls were killed, he just lost his shit and he went fucking ballistic. When so I figure the Punisher is a good uh, uh, character for Native Americans. 
So when you're in, in your Im imagined interpretation of, of the Punisher, does he have that, um, that memory, that sort of cultural um, memory and affinity for Geronimo and Geronimo? Is that another thing that motivates him? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, with him being a Marine, uh, and Kia will tell you, uh, the Marine Corps is a culture. It's, it's a way of life. And um, once he lost his entire family, he just fucking snapped. And I have Marines in real life who have snapped and just... Uh, lost their shit and they ended up being dead or they ended up being in prison. Um, that, that was part of the reason why, you know, you know, I love Kia um, with, with her. Uh, when I met her in Okinawa, Japan, um, to me, she is kind of like a, a comic book character. Because there are times where I've lost my life or lost my mind, and uh, you know she kind of kept oh, me straight. Wow. And like I said, you Come know on. she she uh, <laughs> is a pain Come in on. the ass. But you know, can I be a um, pain anywhere else? Like <laughs> just asking <laughs> anywhere, anywhere. Like what about the arm? Like or shoulder? No, just the ass. Period. That's that's just who you are. Right. Everybody's gonna be like nope. Kia. They're gonna associate me with asses from here on out. Exactly, because you're an ass. You're and ass. that's exactly what you called me back in uh, <laughs> Kuwait. That is true. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, um, uh, I, I I do, or I have not forgotten. A lot of my friends out there who have looked out for me, because if I didn't have any friends out in the Marine Corps, um, uh, because they are my Marine family, uh, I would have been totally like Frank Castle. Mm. I would have just went ballistic and just killed people who I felt deserved it. And... Uh, that's not me, and um, so Joaquin, you know, like, yeah. so we talked offline, and I know who who could be a really good uh, first round draft pick, and I'm I appreciate the fact that you're not sharing it with the podcasting world, but you know, I I, I fully endorse some of the people that you talked about, and hopefully when you make it official, you. Uh, either write it up on this on the um in our chat room or like send it to me so that i can you know make sure that it, that it comes out but um or you know even pop back up on the podcast next week or however whenever we officially do the draft but like i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to you you're 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 a character so you are definitely a character and i hope that you stay ready for the smoke <laughs> <laughs> I'm always ready for the smoke. Uh, any climb or place, man. Hey, can I just say I'm looking forward to everything. The the topics that we've been able to kick off through just beginning to set up the racial draft have been 
impressive pretty much every single episode so far. It's really been a great taking off point. So I'm pretty excited about And I just want to say that board. everything that Marcus said, I wrote down and he's just reading from my paper. <laughs> you, why'd you admit that on the air you caught me, caught me. but anyway guys now the uh, it's time for me to take off and I really do appreciate you know the fact that you guys kept an open mind and we were able to have an open discussion even if uh, we didn't agree on things but I'm glad that we were able to talk about it like civilized people. So I got to go and uh, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast, Mike. Thank you for ha for being here with us. It was a pleasure. Well, thank you for inviting me, girl. <laughs> You're welcome. Everybody else, you know, if you have any closing words, now's the time. Uh, I said my bit. Uh, I think it was a great show today. I know I certainly learned a lot and um, hopefully people listening to this will feel like they learned something too and gained a, a perspective, different perspective on things. So good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to binge watch some uh, movies real quick and take notes now. Like, <laughs> Next hey, time we hey, talk, hey, it's going to be on. <laughs> any of this going on Facebook or not Facebook, but uh, YouTube? Um, I haven't done a YouTube thing yet. I'm going to sort of save it for once we really get rolling. But um, no, this is going to go on the regular podcasting platforms on your Spotify's, on your Google podcasts and your Apple podcasts. So feel free to let all your friends know, like I'm going to share it. Um, and I'll, I, I, I definitely would like to share it. Yeah. And I'm going to like, when it, like, I don't know who, who has podcasts oh, or who has Spotify and who has what, like, I'm going to share all the different links um, once I, get this edited and up on the, the platform, but they can feel free to go back and listen to the old episodes. Those are cool too. Um, maybe a little bit. Oh, and Mike, just to, just, yeah, just to jump in, um, cause this is a podcast requirement apparently. If you're listening, if you could give us a five-star review or whatever, that really helps us out and helps the podcast out or whatever. If you could um, give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to and five stars. I will definitely do that. Yeah, that. And the like button. Do, do they have like buttons? You know, but yeah, I'm, I'm subscribe. I'm gonna get better about sharing it on all, you know, on all the socials. Like there is a Facebook page, just I've never showed it before, but it's a it's racial draft. It, we have a we have a member page, so feel at us and like. So us. misleading. Everybody's gonna be like racial draft. <laughs> <laughs> you could have drunk. You all can have drunk. <laughs> They're gonna report our page. <laughs> oh, it's just three right, 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 niggas right. just talking about comic books and shit. Page as well. Follow us on on Twitter as well. The racial draft. Oh, sorry, it's racial draft pod on Twitter. Um, and yeah, you know, like we're gonna grow this podcast. We're gonna have some great discussions. We're gonna have maybe not as not as deep every week. We're you know maybe we're just gonna keep it. No, oh, Mike, deeper. Deeper put, every week. Put Next it week, again, right, it again. Put, put put this podcast on YouTube and I will share it. Um, put it on YouTube and I will share it. Well, we can talk. Like I said, I haven't set up the, the YouTube account yet, but um, it'll be on the audio platforms. And um, yeah, like I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to having you guys back in various configurations and incarnations, and. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm not sure if we're going to draft next week 
or the week after, but we're going to talk about it and we'll keep you posted. And hopefully it'll be week <laughs> so, same time, same place, same draft. Uh, I still haven't come up with a good call sign for when the show ends, but you know, all things are possible with the racial draft. So, yeah. Well, whenever, whenever you're ready, bro. Woo! <laughs>